This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Just a few months back, I was busy shopping for my wedding. I ordered a few things on Amazon, some on Flipkart, and a few more from Nike. But most of the shopping happened from physical stores near and far from my home. Trust me, I wished I could manage all this in one single platform or app and also convince my Kanjipuram silk saree seller to get online. Well, guess what? Today, it seems like this could be possible with the government-backed new digital project called the ONDC or the Open Network for Digital Commerce. Get great offers on great brands. So to put it in simple terms, ONDC is like a common gateway through which sellers, small and big, can be part of this network. Players like Paytm have already opened their so-called buyer apps and others like Flipkart's PhonePay are said to be in the advanced stages of launching. To understand better and to get a deeper perspective on ONDC, I invited ET's technology editor, Surabhi Agarwal, to co-host this episode with me. It's Friday, 20th of May. I'm your host, Bhavya Dilip Kumar. And I'm Surabhi Agarwal. You are listening to ONDC, democratizing e-commerce on the morning brief. Hi, Survi. Great to have you on the other side of the morning brief. You've been, you know, closely tracking the developments around ONDC since day one, I guess. And I'm sure you're super excited to talk on this topic. Survi, I was just talking about my wedding shopping struggles, right? But help me understand, what's in it for the sellers getting into ONDC? Hi, Bhavya. Thanks for having me on the show, first of all. So this is a question which is top of the mind for everybody. Why would, uh, you know, a seller sell on ONDC when they have platforms like Flipkart or Amazon? So I'll bring in statistics here. Uh, Even though India is one of the largest markets for e-commerce in the world, if you look at the percentage of people or sellers who are online, it's very small. 80 to 90% of India's retailers continue to be offline. And that is what ONDC is trying to change. What they are basically saying is that we'll open up uh, in a way that even the smallest of uh, sellers in the unorganized market can come on this platform and sell. Got it, got it, Surbi. And for buyers like me, I think it means I get to choose from these massive seller options available in the network. These could be sellers registered currently on Amazon, Flipkart, or new ones like that much coveted small weaver in Kanjipuram if he registers with ONDC. Of course, that's a good point. Uh, And yes, the very aim of ONDC, as the government puts it, is to level the playing field for small merchants and loosen the grip that e-commerce giants like Amazon and Flipkart currently have uh, in India, which is almost like a monopoly situation. And some of the team behind this latest innovation out of India is the same as the previous successes like Aadhaar and UPI. People like uh, Infosys co-founder and Aadhaar architect Nandan Nilekani and Arish Sharma, who's, uh, you know, the founder CEO of Aadhaar and current CEO of National Health Authority, are on this government constituted committee advising the project. And Nilakani's not-for-profit organization called Beckin Foundation is also providing the main tech layer for ONDC. So Beckin uh, Protocol, if I could explain, is a set of open-source interoperable APIs or application programming interface that allows two applications to talk to each other easily. Wow, this is huge. 
So here's what Nandan Nilakani and Arash Sharma think about ONDC. I believe the open network for digital commerce meets all the criteria for the next revolution and disruption in India. We are building the broad highway. You know, we are creating the language of digital commerce. This is an effort to democratize the digital commerce so that people do not have entry barriers and people do not have to be subjected to discretionary and uh, discriminatory practices. But I'm wondering how all of this will come together. What about delivery, payments and more? Actually, to answer some of those questions and more, we chatted with two key executives who are driving the ONDC project. Mr. Thampi Koshi, CEO of ONDC, and Mr. Sujit Nair, co-founder of the Beckin Foundation. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today on The Morning Brief. It's a pleasure to have you both. Thank you, Zurabi. Mr. Koshi, to a layman listener, would you be able to explain that once ONDC is up and running in full form, what would it look like? What would buying, a, say, a product on e-commerce mean for a common user? See, uh, as far as the buying experience of a common user is concerned, it cannot be much different, except that there'll be many more options. If I just give you, I mean, uh, you know, since they're in the early stages, some of the names I give you might be theoretical. Let's take the case as a fintech company or a existing fintech company or a telecom company who already are interfacing with a large number of consumers, they may add one more interface in their app to say, do you want to sort of go to um, digitally procure some goods? It could be retail and it could be grocery, it could be food, it could be consumer durables, anything. So from a consumer point of view, the experience is the same. He has a buyer platform which will help him to make a search and get the response from the whole cohort of um, the sellers there, make a choice and press a button to make a buying decision. Mr. Koshi, um, we understand that uh, ONDC has already piloted in five cities, including Bangalore, and has plans to launch in 100 cities. Who are the players uh, that, uh, you know, have evinced interest? We have heard that even Amazon and uh, Flipkart are interested in joining the project. Who are the other players that you're talking to? We are in discussion with almost 80 to 100 various entities. I don't want to give the names because I would never want to steal anybody's thunder. But I can tell you that it includes about many um, buyer applications, which includes a potential buyer application, which includes um, some of the very prominent banks. And if I give you one name, you might have heard CSC, which is a citizen service center, which is one of the enterprises which about access to about 4 lakh uh, villages across the country. And they are already uh, in a very advanced stages of um, integration to bring their uh, buyer side uh, application there. We have, uh, you know, one of the largest um, fintech company like Foldbay and a couple of other banks who are coming on the buyer side. And on the seller side, a large number of enterprises, small and big. You know, the the, the people who are already there are, uh, you know, like people like Froger, Go Frugal and Seller App. And in some other cases, um, you know, some of the existing players uh, who have, um, you know, uh, large uh, channels of distribution across the country. They are all in various stages of integration. So the, the what we are expecting is in the next few months, you would see presence of um, a number of um, entities coming on board. And we believe that we will be able to 
have presence in at least 100 cities by August. And that's a target we are working uh, along. And the kind of response that we are giving us is also giving us the confidence that it will become very, very possible. Coming to you, Mr. Nair, this whole ONDC network is built on something called the Beckin Protocol, right? But what is the genesis of this Beckin Protocol? And can you explain how will it help ONDC in achieving its aim of democratizing e-commerce? Sure. So I think firstly, uh, when we say protocol or the Beckin Protocol, uh, it's essentially uh, a bunch of open specifications that are open source. A specifications that anybody can access, anybody can view, anybody can use to implement. Uh, it's fully open source. Uh, the genesis uh, of this idea started somewhere around 2018, end of 2018, 2019, when, um, when I think some of us were trying to look at uh, looking at introducing interoperability uh, as a way for solving large population scale problems like access uh, as an issue when it comes to mobility, commerce, etc. So we thought that instead of creating another platform that, that promises to solve the mobility problem of, of any resident in a city uh, or in a village or any other place, is it possible to bring the various available sort of public and private mobility solutions, make them available as a seamless set of choices for a consumer who's on any platform, any app, or any interface to sort of organize his travel, book, and pay for this. So it's a it's that kind of an effort which led us to thinking that it is not about creating another platform, but just to put this sort of this little dictionary of specification, which which simplifies the language that two two kind of computers, machines can talk to each other and understand uh, what happens. In, in facilitating a mobility transaction when it comes to searching, finding, booking a trip, tracking a ride, rating that service or paying for it, etc. How do we make machines naturally understand that? There has to be some common dictionary, uh, like how Impia did it for payments or how SMTP did it for emails or HTTP does it for the web in general. How do we create a common dictionary, a language which machines can understand to semantically understand a mobility transaction and then subsequently commerce and other transactions. So it's kind of started with that idea of motivation. And uh, it was interesting and surprising to see that what we were trying to do for mobility, sort of also automatically that language could be used to solve for logistics, e-commerce and others. So it was kind of a very natural progression that it had and uh, it, it benefited uh, by the fact that it's open source because they had many community volunteers, some smart developers, volunteers, some people who are already participating in building such platforms come together and contribute and enhance this sort of a virtual dictionary of specifications and, and make it richer and better. Right. Mr. Nair, in simple terms, how will it help the sellers and the buyers on, on the OEDC platform to integrate better? Maybe let me take an example. Uh, and I can use some examples and names are just here for illustrations. And let's say that I'm a user on uh, a platform, a platform which we call the buyer side platform on OMDC. And let's say in this example, it's Paytm. Uh, if I am on Paytm, whether it's Paytm or Paytm Mall, I should be able to search for a grocery item through Paytm. And what Paytm as a buyer side uh, app or a platform does is that it takes that search intent from the user and broadcasts it over the network that is ONDC. And, and fetches all the matching search results 
from different sellers across different seller side platforms. So the, the seller is not on Paytm. The seller who has an item which is matching my requirement, let's say I'm searching for a packet of bread, the seller could be on any of the many platforms that have already joined ONDC. It could be on, say, GoFrugal, it could be on Seller App, it could be on Growth Falcon and a bunch of other apps that are already there. And each of them could have many sellers on board. Uh, any of the sellers having a matching uh, catalog item can respond saying, yes, I have the packet of bread that you're looking for. And it can also send back those details, not just saying that I have this bread and this is the kind of brand of bread that I have, or this is the quantity that I have. But you can also say, I am probably, since I also have a way to locate where you are through the protocol, I can tell you that I'm just f five minutes away or 500 meters away or five kilometers away, or I can have it delivered to you by evening. And then I can probably throw in an offer uh, as a seller myself. All that is possible. So it's a way of handshake between a user on one platform and a buyer on one platform and the seller on the other platform. And whatever that handshake entails in terms of searching for options, picking an option, adding it to the cart, placing an order between a seller, a buyer on any platform and seller on any other platform, that entire exchange can now can happen through this using this common dictionary or this protocol that is packet. So I think that's how the transaction will will happen over multiple platforms and that's what the protocol fundamentally enables. Thanks, that sounds very interesting and thanks for explaining it so well. Uh, back to you, Mr. Koshi. I think Paytm recently issued a statement where they said that they're pivoting to ONDC. So like you said that by by uh, August, you're planning to launch in 100 cities and there's there's been a lot of interest. Do we expect a major shakeup in the e-commerce ecosystem in the, in the coming few months? I don't call it a shakeup. See, if you remember, uh, in the, if you take the example of UPI, UPI, before that, we had digital transactions. We had the card and the internet banking and so on and so forth, which were using something like 250 to 300 million transactions in a month. What we have seen is that UPI came and expanded the market to such high extent that today the monthly transaction is about five to five and a half billion. So when I say shake up, I don't want to say that it is going to unseat anybody or anything. What we are saying, it is going to become more inclusive you will see a lot more specialized seller platforms coming in. So the the the, the, the winning uh, formula is not just do you have a large cohort of buyers. Winning formula is going to be do you have very specialized offering to your consumers. If you're a seller platform for your sellers, if you're a buyer platform for your buyers, to make their life easy by specialization and innovation. And not just because you've cornered a large part of the buyers and sellers. And in that sense, you can see it's a transformation and not a shakeup. And that transformation will see participation, for example, uh, what we are hoping in the next few years, we will see the, the penetration of digital commerce from the buyer side to increase from 5 to 6%, which is today, to probably 40 to 50%. And in the seller side, today the penetration is just a 1% or 2%. And that, we believe, is going to be a you know, major impact uh, uh, both on the B2B, B2C side and the B2B side, enabling a large cross-section of small and uh, medium enterprises to be present. Right. Mr. Koshi, you have a big uh, mission which you are carrying on your shoulders because, uh, you know, I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Uh, if, if ONDC is being compared to UPI and Aadhaar, but when Aadhaar was started, none, nothing of that sort existed in India, forget, you know, not even globally. 
same was UPI, right? But here, uh, you when once ONDC is live, once it's it's scaled up, people will be comparing it to the experience that they get when they buy something on an Amazon or a Flipkart or a or, or any other e-commerce site. How will you make sure that you are offering them better than what they're already getting? If you come to the e-commerce today, what we have, you know, we are all being carried away by a limited participation of a limited set of people, and this challenge is being experienced not just in India. If you look at globally, the same challenge of uh, the concentration of markets within few entities is being seen across the world and they're all trying to find answers. For example, in China, they say that we'll come and take over. In European Union coming and saying that we'll have to have a market regulation to address this. And if you look at the digital market access regulation, that's what they're attempting. And the US trying to say whether we have a way of uh, trying to sort of address these challenges and so on and so forth. What we in India are trying to do is say that we are going to use technology to address this issue with the support of market and enabling policies. So in that way, I believe that, um, you know, the, the that model will definitely bring the innovation and specialization and the digital mindset that we have in our, you know, the enterprises, the startup community to bring about something more innovative and something that, that, that we probably we may not have even thought through in servicing the buyers and servicing the sellers through better tools and better processes. So what we are going to see, Sulubi, uh, is going to be humongous amount of innovation from a very, very imaginative and technically competent cross-section of people that we have in our country. Coming to you, uh, Mr. Nair, I want to understand from you that, you know, how will the backend protocol or the tech infrastructure which is being laid uh, as the guardrails for ONDC, make sure that uh, data is not centralized. Because if you look at some of the criticisms of the current model of e-commerce or the internet for that matter, is that, uh, you know, a few players control uh, lots of data, too much of data, there's centralization of data. How will you make sure that that doesn't happen with ONDC, that privacy concerns are addressed in this model? Sure, Sunubi. So I think if you look at it, underlying sort of the model in which uh, uh, open source protocol is designed on which ONDC is kind of laid over their specifications protocol. It's fundamentally premised on decentralization, right? Whereas there is no central entity which is controlling or having access to the transaction. The transactions are always sort of between two independent platforms, a buyer-side platform and a seller-side platform. And only those two platforms who are participating in that transaction would obviously have a copy of the transactions each with them. There is no central entity that is recording or accessing those transactions because by design, it's it's decentralized, right? On top of this, what ONDC would do is to sort of offer the protocol allows for sort of overlaying some policy guardrails for to kind of have some sense of decorum around how the participant platforms conduct business, or conduct transactions on this protocol, which includes the point that you mentioned around privacy. For example, uh, if the buyer is searching for a packet of bread, again, going back to that example, or uh, when, when the search is being transmitted uh, over the network to others, it should probably not carry, it should not carry users' information or privacy information of the user or uh, one is that second, the, the whole transaction itself, when you're placing an order, the whole transaction is encrypted okay, so that no other person can, you know, kind of access that transaction or 
figure out the contents of the transaction. So those are all the possibilities, technological features that protocol enables. Uh, combining that with policy uh, guidelines of the network from ONDC, you can overlay that and and maybe you can, uh, for the first time, you can have these policies programmatically implemented on the network. So it's not just a policy as a memo or an announcement on some PDF file that is going to buyer and seller saying that this is how you should conduct, but it can actually be baked into that network, into the, the transaction protocol such that you're actually creating a deterrent for any kind of bad behavior when it comes to privacy or accessing the transactions by anybody other than the participating. So, so those are some of the ways in which uh, the platform will, the integrity of the network and the trust of the network will work and also protects for confidentiality and privacy aspects to, of the end users. Mr. Koshi, apart from the data centralization challenge, the other question among many is that who will be held responsible if something goes wrong? With the current model uh, in the e-commerce space, it is easier to point uh, fingers, you know, to question the platform. But in an open source network, who will be held responsible and how will the network tackle digital frauds? So the enforcement authorities will still the same. We are all uh, under the... Uh compliance of the existing legal framework. But what we are planning to do as a common infrastructure for all the community members is to establish an online dispute resolution framework and a platform, which I believe that will add as an additional component to give a lot more confidence and trust to the players and help them to resolve the problems that they have. In no way, it is not a replacement of the existing framework. It is how the collective together and try to resolve the issues within themselves. But if it's not to be there, they have all the right to go uh, to the, you know, escalate to the existing legal infrastructure. Okay, okay. Uh, we're almost at the end of our uh, uh, time. On a lighter note, uh, what were one of the first purchases that happened through ONDC you launched in five cities? Tell us a little bit about that. So the first person was one of my colleagues uh, wanted to attempt to do a buy transaction. And then uh, when he accessed the Paytm platform, he found there is a, you know, organic farm, uh, you know, merchant making available. So he uh, ordered a bunch of coriander leaves, which is what, <laughs> what delivered to his place uh, in, in Bangalore. If I look at well, the first purchase I attempted in Delhi was, uh, you know, I looked at it, I found a small brand uh, called Homemade Love or something, who was sort of uh, making available packaged food, you know, some chutney. And I thought without even telling my colleagues, I put in my order and I, and I realized that it got delivered to my place uh, by evening. Wow. Was, what was yours, Sajid? <laughs> yeah, so, so all that effort of staying awake in the night and all that, I was just ordering food and happy to see that food was getting delivered on time. Yeah. So a bunch of coriander as the first order, some homemade chutney and food to wrap up a really long day, all delivered through a mint fresh platform the ONDC. So Surabhi, personally, do you think it's a game changer for you? And what does it solve for you? Right. So it's very interesting. And uh, like you heard, uh, Bhavya, I think it will be a game changer for the entire ecosystem. And what it will do is that it will design a completely new model for e-commerce to happen. Uh, India, you know, is doing whatever it can do to, into, to go into a path of being self-reliant or Atmanirbhar, as they call it. And ONDC is one big initiative towards that direction. Its success, though, could be also ported into many other areas, but it all depends on how the various moving parts of the machine work. And, you know, we just don't, we hope that there are no bad apples that get delivered, quite literally. 
that's all from us today thank you so much mr nayar and mr koshi thank you for listening you had been listening to ondc democratizing e-commerce on the morning brief i'm your host bavya dilip kumar and surbhi agarwal signing off Producers of this episode Surbhi Modi from Economic Times and Swati Joshi from Avas Sound editors Indranil Bhattacharjee from ET and Varun Kapahi from Avas Special thanks to Anirban Chaudhary Executive producer Arijit Barman If you like this episode please make sure to share it on your social media The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday Thursday and Friday Have a great day All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description.